From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion for March 25th, 2009 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Walter Eccles, Corey Martin, John Magi, and Kevin Close in the Peanut Gallery, Miss Teresa Eccles, and my friend Gina. Hi, Gina. Who's afraid we're going to make her talk? She doesn't know we're going to ambush her with that microphone that's sitting next door. In this week's show, Walter Eccles will tell us about this year's Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot. John Magi and Kevin Close have their final installment in their Disney Cruise Line Primer. This week, they'll talk about the various ports of call visited by the Disney Cruise Line. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and this week's news on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. We have a couple of items in housekeeping. First, I want to give you all an update on our Give Kids the World fundraiser. Uh, We now have orders totaling $17,682. And have received payments totaling fourteen thousand six hundred and thirty-three. So we're still about uh, we're about three thousand dollars shy um, between what we've collected and what has been ordered. So you people need to get your checks in the mail. We're going to start bothering you very soon for that money. We're very close though, within twenty-five hundred now of our goal of twenty thousand dollars. And of course, if uh, you were not aware. One of our listeners has very generously offered to match all donations up to 20000 which means that we will be able to give Give Kids the World $40,000 as part of this uh, fundraising effort. So we, uh, we, need all, we need everybody's help. So like I said to you last week, shut me up, get us over 20000 You won't hear me talk about it again. Also, I want to remind everybody, Deb Wills is doing her uh, Avon Breast Cancer Walk in early May, she is just under $30,000 right now, about $10,000 wow. since um, we first mentioned it. And I'm not saying that we delivered $10,000 to her, but I'm just saying it's gone up by, by about 10000 since we first started talking about it. So she's, she's, uh, she's getting there. Uh, so absolutely great cause that Deb is working for, um, raising money for, uh, for breast cancer. So we have links to both our uh, Give Kids the World fundraiser and Deb Wills fundraiser on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Head out there, and if you can, be generous and uh, donate to these two very worthy causes. I have one that kind of bumps up against that. Okay. We have three teams, three Diz teams now participating in the Muddy Buddy. Oh, yeah, the Muddy Buddy race, yeah. That's the day just before the podcast cruise. It's the Saturday morning. It's May 9th. It is. Um, Aaron and Paul. Aaron is ADP. Paul is Launchpad 11B. Um, Don, Deepak, number, number. I can never remember the number after his name. (laughs) Um, uh, Mouse Skywalker, David. And now Crazy Disney Man Chris and Gina Gore, Todd, are going to be the, the third team. And they're raising money also. I know. I think David sent me an email that they've raised like $750 so far. <laughs> and they've made it very easy for you. You don't have to have a check. They've worked out something with Give Kids the World, and you can sponsor them in the Muddy Buddy. There is a link to it on our uh, Diz board, the Unplugged board. 
All right, we'll have a link. Uh, we'll make sure we put a link to that with, on the show notes page with uh, the rest of these. That's great. And if you're going to be here in town for the podcast cruise, they're looking for people to come out and cheer them on. However, it's at 6.45 in the morning on Saturday morning. I'm going to be cheering them on from the top of my mattress. <laughs> they said if they raised $1,000 or more, they weren't going to bathe afterwards. They're just going to get on the cruise muddy. That's Charming. not an incentive to me. Yeah, really. That's, <laughs> that's not, yeah, that, I don't think that's incentive to most people. Um, but I think that's great. Also, we're, um, we, we, we just signed, all of us just autographed a shirt um, to be put up on eBay. We talked about this a few weeks ago. That will be posted, the auction will be posted at some point this week, some point. We'll announce it on the on the on the on the boards. On the boards, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to be an auction, not just for a shirt uh, autographed by all of us, but also for uh, whoever the highest bidder is and their family to join us all for dinner on their next visit into Orlando. Immediate family. Immediate family. Yeah, we want to not have cousin Norman people. from Saskatoon can't come. <laughs> that's two Saskatoon references. <laughs> since you sat down. I don't know where Saskatoon is. I just like the name. So, all right, anything else in housekeeping? Nope. All right, then let's go ahead and get started with the news. Our first news story this week, according to an article in the Orlando Sentinel, Walt Disney World and Orlando International Airport have reached a deal extending Disney's Magical Express service through 2016. The service is provided as part of Disney packages to offer free transportation between Orlando International Airport and Disney property. The new contract keeps the fee that the airport charges Disney at $0.75 cents per passenger, even though the previous contract would have given the airport the right to raise that fee by an additional $1.50 per passenger. So it looks like Disney's just negotiating all over the place. Another seven years of disappointing people. <laughs> Good for them. There, uh, But I'll tell you, you know, it's, uh, uh, they, they, they have successfully managed to keep people from renting cars and keep them on Disney property, which I mean, from a business from a business standpoint, is brilliant. I can't say that it's not. And you know, just by anecdotally, we haven't done you know research or anything, but anecdotally, it seems to me that the complaints on Magical Express have gone down since its inception. As it's gone on, it's gotten maybe a little bit more organized. Well, Disney tried to do something similar to this many years ago. They wanted a light rail from Orlando International directly to the ma- or to Disney property. I remember and that. everybody around here, compl- all the businesses complained, all the taxi companies, all the rental car agencies, that it would completely cripple the rest of Orlando. And it really hasn't. It really hasn't. It really has. I mean, we all thought that, too. I mean, I'll be honest. I was there, one of those people when Magical Express was first announced, thinking that, okay, this is going to kill the transportation business in this town. And I will say that it has made it probably more difficult for transportation companies. But you know what? It's a reality of doing business. Um, Disney's obviously going to protect their business interests, which is what this is about. Um, This is definitely not about guest convenience. This is about we want to keep you on property because we don't want you going to Universal. We don't want you uh, going anywhere in Orlando other than Disney World. And, uh, you know, like I said, from a business perspective, it makes perfect sense. It's it's like that old joke about the 400-pound gorilla. Disney is the 400-pound gorilla. Oh, yeah. So. So, another seven years of Magical Express. So, 
All right, our final news story this week is actually two of them. According to a report on the website TMZ.com, Dennis Jackson, a resident of Burbank, California, is suing Disney for what he claims are toxins from the company's air conditioning system that have been contaminating the surrounding community and, according to the lawsuit, resulted in the death of his mother, Louise Jackson. The suit goes on to claim that the Disney company has been using the same air conditioning system since 1957 and that residents now live in, quote, terror of emissions, end quote, which there are so many places I could go with that quote, but I won't. Um, it does sound like a new attraction. Yeah, terror of emissions. Um, the, uh, this, and now this is Disney corporate in Burbank, not Disneyland that we're talking about here. And uh, not knowing anything about the HVAC system at Disney corporate headquarters, I can't comment on the validity of this. I just thought it was interesting that uh, Disney was getting sued. This is a pretty, you know, pretty major claim, especially if it turns out to be true. It could be very, he needs very Aaron costly. Brockovich. He needs Aaron Brockovich, exactly. Uh, in another story related to lawsuits against Disney, one of our listeners, Skip Potter, had sent uh, the following email. Dear podcast crew, I wrote you back in March 2008 about the silly Segway lawsuit and praised Disney for the care and effort that they put uh, into accessibility for disabled guests. Tonight I found out the United States government has filed an amicus brief on the Segway lawsuit that has been ongoing. A group called Disability Rights Advocates for Technology filed an opposition to the settlement of the Segway lawsuit. With all the worthwhile disability-related issues that the government could get involved in, they chose to go after Disney, a company that actually cares about disabled people. Disney is not only fair to the disabled community, they go above and beyond the call of duty to make sure disabled guests have the very same experience as any other guest. I realize that every disability is different and people have different needs that need to be accommodated. However, if a person is able to balance on a Segway and sit and run, and sit in a ride vehicle without assistance, they can sit in an ECV. I do not understand the, quote, need, end quote, for a Segway when ECVs and wheelchairs are available to anyone. A Segway is nice, but it is a want. Segways have not gone through FDA trials and are not considered medical devices. People and the government should not sue companies for doing something well. Disney is the best company when it comes to accommodating a wide range of disabilities. The United States government should praise Disney, not punish them for their efforts on behalf of the disabled community. I, for one, thank Disney for the joy and happiness the parks bring into my life. Disney gives more attention to accessibility than most American cities do. When I visit the parks, I have those magical Disney experiences that make Disney so special to all of us. In addition, at Disney, I'm able to have regular everyday experiences, like the ability to use a sidewalk without help, for example. It is Disney's attention to accessibility issues that make those experiences possible for me and other disabled guests. So, first of all, Skip, thank you very much for sending that in. I appreciate you uh, making us aware that I was not aware that the government had filed an amicus brief on that settlement. I don't think I know what that means. Um, an amicus brief is basically, uh, it's also known as a friend of the court filing. It's when a third party uh, kind of puts its two cents into a case that it's actually not a party to. In this case, the government is commenting on a legal proceeding that it's not really involved with, but it wants to make its opinion known. I, at least that's what I'm. Th that's what I've always thought it was. I could be wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, it's referred to as a friend of the court filing. I in thought, other words, I thought the settlement was in was in favor of 
the people who brought the lawsuit about. It was, and the government, I guess, is saying that it's not going far enough. Oh, it's not going far enough. Because I thought Disney uh, capitulated to... Well, you see, here's the thing. First of all, uh, and I was upset with that because I didn't think Disney should have capitulated because I think the lawsuit is ridiculous. Um, honestly, you know, and believe me, I'm uh, anybody who listens to the show more than once knows I'm I'm a critic of Disney. But what they do right, they do really well. And when it comes to the two issues in, per- in particular right now, I think where Disney is impervious to criticism, it is in their philanthropy, their work with charitable organizations, and in terms of how this company handles uh, accessibility and uh, service to disabled guests. This is not an afterthought. This is not something they do because they're forced to under the Americans with Disabilities Act. This is not something they do simply because it brings more revenue into the parks. This is a culture, a corporate culture at Disney. Everything is looked at from the standpoint, how can we make this more accessible to disabled guests? And as Skip points out, they are more conscious than most American cities are. They're certainly more conscious than virtually any other business I know of. There may be a couple of businesses out there that are as good as Disney, but I don't think there's anybody better. As someone who travels with someone who is handicapped quite frequently, most of my visits to the Disney parks involve someone who sits in a wheelchair or an ECV. And, excuse me, because I've sort of been championing this cause, I get a lot of emails from people. And the resounding thing that you hear over and over and over and over again, and actually Skip just said it himself, Disney allows people to feel free. Mm-hmm. Disney allows us a, a, an amazing amount of freedom that isn't available to the rest of the world. And I, I'm not going to get on my soapbox, but I implore anyone who thinks otherwise to try and get through life in a wheelchair or an, or an ECV, even to the point when you realize that the architect who designed a handicapped accessible bathroom with a door that only swings one way Someone in a wheelchair has to wheel up to that door, wheel back so that the door opens, get the wheelchair inside the stall, turn the wheelchair around, wheel back out and get the door, close the door behind them, and then turn the wheelchair around yet again in order to actually use the commode. I want to know how long you'd put up with that. Right, exactly. And when you talk about... Disney going above and beyond on details. That's exactly what we're talking about. And shame on these people that brought this lawsuit to begin with. Because as far as I'm concerned, as Skip points out, Segways are not medically approved devices. They have not been cleared by the FDA. Disney has no obligation to allow outside Segways in their theme park. And I think Disney went, like I said, I, I, I don't think they ever should have settled. I think they should have fought this one. But they did not. I'm imagining, from my perspective anyway, they didn't want to be seen as taking legal action against disabled guests. And, and what's so, next, a mini bike? You know, and I, I think Disney's been incredibly reasonable here and incredible, more than fair, and they're getting paid back for that with a lawsuit. We're familiar with someone who has a modified Segway. The gentleman is handicapped. Um, he has taken a regular Segway and he's modified it for his own use. I Disney has not said to him, you can't come in the parks with that. They recognize when someone has a need and they allow them in the park. 
the idea that you have to have a regular quote unquote segue for your disability, I think, is where everybody says, okay, now you've gone too far. Well, because I think by virtue of the fact that you can stand, as Skip points out, if you can stand and balance, you can get into an ECV. This particular one actually has a seat in the gentleman's body. He's modified it it down to the point where you don't stand on it. He Mm -hmm. has a seat built on it. And he doesn't. I don't believe his even has handlebars. No, he uses his body to steer. It's almost like a unicycle, but with two wheels, and he um, balances on it. And we've seen him many, many times, and he's amazing at it. Wow. And it's not like Disney's ever said, no, you have to get out of that and get into a wheelchair. So I think they're sympathetic to anybody's special needs as they enter the park. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly just not going to sit there and not allow somebody into the park just because they don't feel like allowing them into the park. This is something that... Uh, this is a safety issue. These vehicles, these Segway vehicles, can travel at a certain speed that, especially in Disney parks, with the kind of crowd you're dealing with, an accident is likely to happen. Disney puts governors on the ECVs, um, and as part of the settlement, Disney agreed to put specially designed ECVs in the parks, or uh, uh, Segways, specially designed Segways in the parks, that they felt would be safe. They have safety of all their guests to consider. And on this one, Disney is 100% right, in my opinion. And these people who brought these these lawsuits, again, just my opinion. I don't know these people, but it sure looks to me like it's that Disney, Disney's got a lot of money and a big target on their back. So we see an opening here to sue them. Let's sue them. Because I didn't, wasn't also part of the settlement Excuse me, is it these people got passes for life or something like that? Oh, I don't remember that part. I remember something like that. They got some kind of consideration uh, from Disney yeah, as a result of this. Something. They're getting something from this. Yeah. And you know what? They don't deserve to get a, da- a dime. What they deserve to get is booted in the behind. But, you know, Disney's, Disney's bigger than I am with that. So I'm going to take this a step further. Uh, there's, I am, as I said, this is a hot, bus- a hot button issue for me, and it's also a hot button issue on our our dis boards. Um, there are people who are vehemently opposed to ECVs in the park, and there was a gentleman who I'm not going to give all the details, but there was some misinformation given that a cast member was hurt with an ECV. That the person who posted this has since come back and amended that. That there were other details that that's not what happened. Apologized for the misinformation. However, his uh, the original post of this caused a string of some of the most hateful things I've ever seen posted in any forum. One person actually posted that if you can't walk, you shouldn't be allowed into Disney property. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And other people agreed. That means, in my opinion, that if you have a kid in a stroller, buy. Yeah. There you go. I would I would just hope and pray that this person never has to deal with it because they're well, not I'll going go to back, handle it well. I'll go back to what I said before. I hope and pray that person does because if you're that stupid and that insensitive to make a statement like that, then you deserve to have something happen in your life that puts you in a position where you get to experience what the other side is like. That's called karma. I just I, – I think to myself – how are you equipped to deal with anything in life if you could ask that nobody who that anybody who was not able to walk freely not be allowed anywhere i'm a little horrified at it yeah 
That's not true. I'm very horrified at it's it. It's disgusting. It's disgusting, but it also doesn't surprise me. Some of the things I see on my board sometimes does not surprise me at all. While the vast majority of people on our boards are great, there is a measurable percentage that I could do without. There really and truly is. So, But again, thank you, Skip, for sending that in, and uh, I appreciate it. That is going to do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to the weather. You can expect it to be partly cloudy this week, actually, with uh, temperatures in the mid to upper 80s, lows in the evenings in the low 60s. This weekend and into Wednesday of next week, the forecast is calling for a lot of showers and thunderstorms. And again, temperatures in the mid 80s. So well, Saturday, they're, they're saying possibly 90 degrees. It could go, yeah. It could it's be. getting to be that time of it's year again. It's getting stupid hot yeah, already. Mid to upper 80s. So, um, just but there is, uh, you know, we've had great weather for a while now. We've had a nice string of beautiful days, and it looks like that's coming to an end. And I know that people visiting here want it to be nice and sunny and hot. However, Florida needs the rain. We kind of do. There are wildfires over along the East Coast and around Deltona and Deland. But people can be forgiven for not, you know, wanting it to rain when they're not here. Just don't be so mad at us when we look kind of overjoyed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So if you're uh, coming down in the next week, uh, be aware that we may be getting some inclement weather. Uh, while you're here, but uh, hopefully it won't put too much of a damper on your vacation. Also, so. keep in mind the pollen count is very high. Yeah. If you have allergies, take that into consideration. Yep. It's or, actually to the point where you can see it. Oh, All yeah. you have to do is go outside and there's oh, a yeah, yellow cast yellow. on your car. It's a veil yes. of it on your car, exactly. So, all right, that'll do it for the weather. We're going to move on to rapid fire, and I'll go first. Huh. Hmm. Because uh, we just posted this on the blog uh, this morning. Uh, There is a rumor, and it is a rumor, but we have it on pretty good authority, that on March 30th, Disney is going to release their next promotion. Uh, It will be a free dining promotion for travel between August 15th and September 30th, correct? That should be, uh, that's a... Six-week window, a little bit longer than it was last year, but not much. I was really hoping that we'd see a promotion going on into the fall. I think Disney's playing it close to the vest on these. They did the 4-3. Then when they saw that that was successful, they extended the 4-3, and now they're doing free dining. So I wouldn't be surprised if either after free dining or free dining gets extended. Uh, One of the things I want to point out is we don't have any specifics of this, and so we don't know exactly what's going to go on with it. You know, if there's going to be certain restrictions or not, but it most likely will be very similar to what, what happened last year with free dining. We've also heard rumors that free dining this year will be the quick service free dining. Not uh, signature restaurants? Right. Not the full dining plan. Because of the recession. And then the next promotion is going to be year of 10 dreams. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to give 90% back. <laughs> Or Congress will yell at you. That's right. <laughs> you have 90% tax on your dreams. <laughs> All right, John, what do you have? I have, hot off the press, Disneyland Resort has a new package promotion out. Corey is actually working on getting that on the site as uh, as we speak. Uh, it's a little complicated, so we'll get a, a link to it in the show notes page. But it is for travel uh, April of this year through September, September 26th of this year. 
booking window is March 24th through April 11th. There are some different um, different rules if you book a Disneyland resort versus a Good Neighbor resort. And the basic premise is that if you book a package for three or more nights, you get two nights free. Three nights will get you five. I'm surprised they're just doing this now. I would have thought they would have done this before this. I mean, it's a good promotion. Don't get me wrong. I mean... You know, we're, we're at the end of March, and they've got to fill up April. Yeah. You know, so um, I do want to point out that this there's a wrinkle in this one that's different than a lot of other stuff, um, especially if you're used to Walt Disney World packages. This cannot be applied to an existing reservation without paying a change fee. Disneyland assesses their that's right. yeah, change cancel fees from the day you book. And not un- unlike Walt Disney World, that has that sort of window. This has always been there, though. This has always been a difference between Disneyland and right. Disney World. So people are going to say, well, I want this new promotion. I want this new price. Don't be surprised if they tell you, well, you're going to have to pay a certain amount in order to get this. The exception is if you uh, change your reservation to something that increases the price. So let's say you go from a good neighbor hotel to a Disneyland hotel, and the overall price of your package goes up, then you don't have to pay the change fee. Okay. So that's one way of getting around this thing and actually getting more for your money out of it. But hot off the presses, we just found out about it. And honestly, if you have a chance to stay at the Disneyland Hotel, if you can swing it, do it. It's my favorite hotel out there. We just uh, One of the reports I got was one of our agents upgraded someone from a stay at a good neighbor hotel to the Disneyland Hotel for $100 more. Oh, wow. So wow. once you factored in this wow. two free nights thing, so that's, that's a big deal. That that's a big, big difference. Yeah. Which good neighbor hotel do you know? I didn't get that information. Why somewhere. not? <laughs> Come on. Get on the ball, John. It's the stinky cane in, apparently. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much for that, John. You're welcome. And speaking of Disneyland, just want to let everybody know... Uh, we were, we were supposed to put our Disneyland, our second part of our Disneyland show up last week, but scheduling conflicts prevented that. It is definitely going up this week. Thursday, we will have the Disneyland show online. So to, uh, so on Wednesday, uh, we'll have our, uh, our regular discussion show, this show. Uh, Thursday, we will have both the email show and the Disneyland show going live. It so, does get pretty difficult to get seven of us here at one really time. It really is. Two or twice a week is very, very tough. Friday's going to be the video of all of us spinning plates. <laughs> Kevin, what do you have? Uh, Disney World is having a promotion right now. They always have that, um, if you buy a certain amount of stuff in any of the shops, you can buy a, an add-on. Like, for instance, if you spend $25 at one point, you can get a duffer, uh, like a tote bag kind of thing. At Christmas, it was um, a snowman throw for, oh, like, yeah. 20 bucks. Right. You can get right. a thing or $10 in a bag. We went to the park for the first time since Christmas the other day. I haven't really been able to go into the parks. And we went into Epcot. And they are having a promotion right now that for $20, if you spend $20 in any of the shops, for an additional $10, you can get a Mickey Mouse watch. And at first, we thought it's going to be one of those little rubber, like, Casio Watches. Cheapo things. Um, this is not a limited edition. It is a limited release watch. And I've got to tell you, we thought it was cool enough that we went out and actually bought this stuff to buy the watch. It's Mickey through the years. It's um, oh, wow. Steamboat Willie kind of Mickey meeting Mickey wow, of today. Wow, that's actually kind of nice. Open it up and feel it. it it's actually- a very nice watch on a crocodile-type ty- band. And in my opinion... It's hermetically sealed. You would probably... <laughs> Apparently, yeah. You need something... It opens from the bottom, I think, and kind of 
It's like opening a CD case. Do you want me to do it? Can yeah, please, because... <laughs> get the chainsaw. <laughs> I don't see how you open that. That's uh, why it's so inexpensive. You can't get the watch out of the case. I had Child it yesterday. Proof. As a matter of fact, yesterday I dropped... There it goes. Um, I think you would pay more than $30 for the watch. It's a, a very nice watch. Wow. And it says on the back of it, limited release. So I don't know how many they have or how many they've released. This is actually really nice. For 10 bucks. And the 12, 3, 6, and 9 are the park icons. I believe 12. I would wear this. Yeah, that's what I said. And there's very few Disney watches I would wear. And you only had to spend 20? 20 bucks. 20. And then the watch was 10. Oh, I'm so over at the park. That is, um, that's going to go fast. Now, can I give you a tip? A little bit of trick. You don't have to spend $20 at one time in one place. Collect your receipts and then bring it to a place that oh, has the promotion okay. and they'll let you do it. Well, That's what the woman told me. She goes, well, if you if you bought stuff at different places, as long as it's not um, like Arebus Brothers, it has to be a Disney-owned okay. shop. 12 o'clock is the Magic Kingdom. 3 o'clock is Epcot. Four, or 6 o'clock is Hollywood Studios, I believe. It's the... the um, sorcerer's hat and nine o'clock is the tree of life i think i have that right that's really that's a yeah. really nice watch i'm shocked so in my as i said in my opinion, i am i am the sucker that always buys the throw the throw of yeah, the, the, the canvas bag the throws are all the throws are nice i like the throws it, I, I thought you would pay more than 30 bucks <laughs> just for the watch not you personally you the general you the gen, it's the <laughs> the royal, royal the royal you <laughs> Cool. That's a great. Uh... You already got one, Gina. <laughs> she's, she's got them all up her arm. Six and seven of them. Cool. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. Corey Patrick Martin. Looks like we're all doing discounts today. Um, at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, you can receive a compl- complimentary room night um, on your birthday. So, in addition to receiving the uh, the free day on, at Disney, you can get a free room night at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. It's a, with a minimum three-night stay. In addition, if you um, eat at uh, Todd English's Blue Zoo, Shula's Steakhouse, or Il Molino, you'll receive a, a birthday cake prepared by their two-time world champion pastry chef. Uh, restrictions do apply, and this is based on availability. So cool. a little bit helps. Sign of the times, right? I'm telling you. A lot of discounts. If you want more information <laughs> on this, you can go to swandolphin.com forward slash rates forward slash i just you know i just wish that they would do more stuff like this not saying just the swan dolphin just saying everybody do some stuff like this when you don't have to texas day brazil i have to give them credit if you sign up for their website on your birthday over the week before your birthday they send you a buy one get one free dinner all year round. Whether we're in a recession or not. Right. All year round. On your birthday, you eat for free. And they don't send you uh, junk email either. Nope. <laughs> You're right. They don't. Exactly. They don't want me to buy anything from Amber in high school. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that, Corey. Walter. Yes. It says, for a few years now, guests visiting Walt Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge during Easter weekend get to paint their own ostrich egg. It says, you can paint your own ostrich egg on Sunday, April 12th at Simba's Clubhouse at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. And so there's a li- limited number of ostrich eggs is on a first-come, first-served basis. 
The cost is a $30 donation to Disney's Wildlife Conservation Fund. All right, that's cool. They didn't have anything endangered I could paint? <laughs> <laughs> paint the panda baby? Like a Komodo dragon egg or something like that? <laughs> Dodo egg. $60. That's the only Easter thing I've seen. Disney really isn't doing anything for Easter. Well, I like that. I like that uh, it's a thirty dollars donation to the Disney Wildlife Fund, right? Um, as opposed to thirty dollars. So that's pretty cool. Now, keep in mind, you have to get an ostrich egg home on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just want you to think about this, okay? I'm sure there'll be plenty of bubble wrap. Cool. Well, thank you, Walter. Kathy, what do you have? Um, I have the Typhoon Lagoon open this weekend. So all you people out there that are, you know, anxious for a water park, it's back open. It's my favorite. So um, and Kathy took some awesome pictures in our blog of uh, Typhoon Lagoon. It looks like they really painted everything nice and fresh and bright. Yeah, it looked really, looked really nice. Good. And I said, I, only I probably would notice that they put a new uh, surfboard on the counter where they sell the mini donuts. Because it was looking pretty ratty there. In my opinion, that's the reason you go to Typhoon. I'm just going to say this. The mini donuts? donuts. Oh, they're awesome. Oh, they're really good. And they they come out hot. It's worth the price of admission. I'm upgrading (laughs) my annual pass. (laughs) Even if you don't get your feet wet. (laughs) (laughs) Wet donuts. And did did anybody notice? I took a picture that um, when you return your towel, oh, the keys for the locker rental. Now they give you like a a little mug instead of the de, the, the I can't talk the deposit. It, they now give you this travel mug. Is it is it a choice? You can either get your deposit back or take the travel mm-hmm. mug. Can you get mini donuts? <laughs> <laughs> can they put mini donuts in the travel mug? <laughs> That'd be even better. You <laughs> exactly. need a break. Um, I saw a picture of it. It looked like it was an expensive travel mug. Like it was something you'd buy in. Starbucks or something like that. Yeah, I was surprised because I'm not like I don't ever rent a locker, so I didn't know if they had done that before. But the mug, the travel mug, looks really nice. God, the last thing I need is another travel mug. <laughs> but this one, yeah, but this is the skinny one that just looks like a, you know, like a glass, rather than you know some of the other ones. This one was actually sort of nice. I have to tell you something. As long as we're talking about travel mugs, and we talked about French press pots mm-hmm. recently, we were in Starbucks the other day. And they have a travel mug with a handle with a little sippy lid, and it is a French press pot. The cup itself. The cup itself. Oh, that's oh, smart. Push it down, cool. so you put the grinds down to the bottom, and you drink out of it. It was seventy five dollars. <gasps> that's no, absurd. I'm kidding. I think oh. it was. I think it was fourteen ninety nine. Oh, I was going okay. to say I'm going to go get that too. But uh... okay, Kathy's shopping after the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> really? I thought that would be great for people who are going on a cruise. You bring your own little travel mug, and it is your French press. So. Now, have we talked about on the show the rumor that's flying around that uh, Virgin Megastore is yeah. going to be taken over by the Apple? By Apple, we haven't talked. We about haven't it talked yet, about it, but, but we've all heard it. it. Yeah, it would become the world's largest Apple store. I like that idea. Yeah, I love that, works. that idea. They can't make a store large enough <laughs> because no. it's like it's the number. It's the number of shrimp you serve at a party. It doesn't matter how many shrimp they're going to be gone. Yeah, it's the same thing with Apple Store. And talk about lobsters growing to the size of their tank. It's yeah. all about food. It's all about food references. You know, it's not about the mini donuts. <laughs> you have to pay attention to years worth of podcasts to get any of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, because when you go in the mall, the mall's empty except for the Apple Store and, and that one slacker who makes you wait outside. You have to wait till the and, store. Well, there is something Dude. about the Apple Store. When I walk into it, it's, I start to shake. 
It's like I've got to buy everything in here. Your it wallet's is. like jumping out of you. It is the money pants. sucking right out of your pocket. <laughs> I don't like the fact that it's as bright as the sun in there. Why do the lights have to be so bright? I think it's all the white. Is that what it is? It's, just, it's a very it's a very white store. <laughs> the Apple Store in Wallet Millennia has live performances every once in a while, and I thought this makes sense. The uh, Virgin Megastore was built to accommodate live performances. Mm-hmm. There's a whole sound system in there and everything, and so it would be a good fit. I would be very happy if they put an Apple Store down there. Yeah, now what they should do something take advantage of those listening booths and make them with iPod docs so you can download iTunes right to your iPod Ooh, when you go to the store. Cool. Oh, good idea. That's a great idea. I'm going to patent it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's mine. <laughs> All right, cool. That'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to move on to our first segment. We're going to discuss the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival uh, that uh, started on the 18th and is going through May 31st. 2009. I know most of the team has been over there, except for me, I think. Yeah, Kathy and I were there opening day. And Corey was there, and John and Kevin have been over. Um, mm-hmm. Teresa, have you been over? No? Okay. We'll meet you over there, then, because I think that's probably when we're going to be there. That was our first experience, walking around the park with Ferris in a stroller. How was that? I realize that people don't watch where they're going. Were they running into your kid? Well, they just, you know, they don't see the stroller coming. They walk right they, in front of it. Or, and they the wheelchair. Try, or they try to cut in front of you. They think mm-hmm. you're walking slow, so I'm going to get in front yeah. of you. How, how did he do? He did great. He did great. I mean, we now we kind of know where the change is. Did you make him station. ride mission space? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We separated his white blood cells. <laughs> no. It was great. I mean, it, you know, it was fine. We found little nice little spots to, to feed him, quiet spots. And Julie knows where our little changing stations are. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, now it was one, fun. One thing that's, again, we talk about what Disney did right for people who need uh, uh, special needs. One of the things they've really done right is every uh, bath, every bathroom, including men's bathrooms, have changing stations yeah. and have diaper dispensing things, too. Well, so. Because nowadays, you know, dads like Corey change diapers. Right. Oh, yeah. But there's no excuse not to do it. Right. You know? All right. So, Walter, what did you think? I thought they did a great job this year. The park was phenomenal. We were told when we went the other day, we just renewed my mom and dad's annual passes, and the lady who renewed their pa- their passes told us that this is a record number of topiaries in the park this year. This They've was never our, had more. This was our complaint last year. They have stepped it up a thousand percent. Really? More topiaries, incredibly intrins- uh, um, intricate. intricate. Um, things like um, Rafiki holding Simba as mm-hmm. a baby, and each part of the topiary is a different color. It's incredible. I mean, and the topiary is standing on what looks to be a real rock. Right. So I don't know how they did it. Now, Kathy, I saw a look come over your face when Walter said he thought they did an incredible job. You disagree? Uh, we had a, a conversation that, on the surface, I thought it was the topiaries and stuff were nice. But if you've gone in years past, there's a lot of stuff that's not there anymore. Like? Like, um when you went behind interventions, there used to be all the sculptures and the used, yeah, to, used nice. to be the, the gecko that was up in the tree because I took a picture of that every year. Um, and some of the um, little ponds, they used to have things floating in there. They used to have fountains that the, aren't there the, anymore. The well, they used to have the water feature next to the Rose Garden. Right. They don't and have that. I went that's looking, not there. Specifically looking for that. Now, we saw the, the pots of flowers floating in all of the ponds. Right. So maybe that, but they added those. They used 
No, those were still there. They actually added some bigger ones. But there used to be over in front of Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. They used to have like some floating like sculpture things in there. And over in front of um, Nemo, they used to have like little fountains. You could hit the button and the, the water would go up. That's yeah, we noticed there. in the floating gardens that they've actually added some shapes, too. We mm-hmm. saw a star. Yeah. Those those beds around that main lagoon area look absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. They're incredible. They've taken uh, different colored flowers and different kind of flowers, and they've made shapes. There's Mickey heads in red. It's kind set of in the field of blue. It There's looks stars. kind of like a quilt. Yep. We nice. also found the fairy garden. Don't anybody mm-hmm. say anything, okay? <laughs> we just walked by it. Um this is the playland for the kids but it's done up like um pixie hollow right incredible there's a tinkerbell topiary and topiaries for the other and you had your tinkerbell tinkerbell outfit on didn't you i sure did and we saw the mary fairy or whatever her name was fairy mary (laughs) is that where they have pluto like playing tennis and no that was the uh that was by the rose garden oh okay the fairy gardens by the test track uh, walkway. Yeah, I, I thought that was their the water bottom? feature. Was that little pond that was in the fairy garden? Okay. Yeah. The um, my she, first impression of the uh, the the intro, like mm-hmm. right when you walk in the park with uh, Cinderella and Prince Charming, those were topiaries that they had there last year. Not in that section, but uh, Cinderella and Prince Charming. That was in another area, and they had them right. kind of rotating. Um, mm-hmm. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs That was back in the World Showcase area And that's been brought to the front A lot and of they, the topiaries have been there for, for years But then they, they did some other ones Like the giraffe That was down in World Showcase Now that, that was, was nice. different yeah. well, Just behind Spaceship Earth They have all the Fantasia stuff They have the ostriches and the dancing hippos and yes. they have Oh, the is mushrooms. that where they came from? I knew mm-hmm. they were now the, yeah. the ostriches are beautiful they got the long uh, silver bromeliads as uh, feathers Hmm. Oh, yeah, they're very nice. I actually have a picture of my family standing in front of the... Um, I think I think what they've done with the entrance, Corey, was terrific because they sort of concentrated a lot of topiaries. So when you walk in, you got that punch. Mm-hmm. I mean, to see you know, how many of them were there, like 12 or 13 different topiaries, and that was incredible. Plus, they had... Um, Cinderella's coach with the pumpkins there. I thought that was nice. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, trying to get through there with everybody with their cameras, it was tough. It's the way it if you're going to take pictures, be patient. Now, yeah. we everybody's trying to take pictures. We didn't get a chance to look at the Rose Garden. Was it as good this year as in the past? Uh, I wasn't impressed no. with the Rose Garden. Maybe I couldn't it's find just, a rose to take a photo of. <laughs> well, it's really maybe early. it's early, and it's I don't think they're blooming rose. yet. But no, I wasn't impressed with that. But like I said, I think they're just not blooming yet. They might look not good once they open up. The other thing is, you know the the towers that they do of impatience that yeah. they put all over? We could actually see the trays in some of them where they haven't filled in yet. But it's only not even a week old. That's the thing about going the first day is that some of these things, you need to wait a few, a few weeks. It definitely looks better as it goes along. Mm-hmm. It fills in. And they have the normal stuff. They've got the um, the what they call it festival place where you shop. What do they call that? The festival do dad shop with the Mickey gnomes <laughs> cool. and things yeah. like that. And the right the the Tinkerbell lawn ornaments and things like that. So they've, that's all just what they've done year after year. Oh, and the festival garden area in the Wonders of Life Pavilion is only open on the weekends. 
because I went the first day and I was headed over that way and they have a cast member outside. So that's only oh. open on the weekends too? That's only open on the weekends. Well, that's a shame because I know now the concerts are only on the weekends. That's mm-hmm. only open on the weekends. So these are where some of the cutbacks can be seen. Mm-hmm. We like the, the what they call the perfume garden over in France. Don't they usually have that? They do usually yeah. do, but they have the little stands all around the perfume garden, and it's all sponsored by um, Guerlain. 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 And what it is is there are the little things that you can lift up and smell the perfume, and they have the plants that are included in that particular perfume around the little smelling station. That's cool. It's kind of neat. My and what's also, that's handicapped accessible. All of those are at the right level, so that if someone oh, is in a nice. wheelchair, they would be able to smell them also. Hmm. Also kid level. Right, kid level. What did y'all think of the butterfly? Same as last year. Except unless it was because it was opening day, they used to have cast members standing there with like a little spotting guide, like to say what it was. Now it's in the booklet. So if you don't have a booklet, you don't. We went through the other day and it was very, very crowded. But one of the nice things was the cocoons were opening. We seemed to be there at the right time. In each of the little cocoon houses, the butterflies were coming out. Ooh, the crawling bugs turned into flying bugs. <laughs> <laughs> he said that all. <laughs> he said that all the way through. Oh, look, the slimy little crawling bugs are now flying bugs. <laughs> he kept saying, "I'm wearing raid." <laughs> now, it's not my thing. However, I love the topiary of, mi- of Minnie outside. That now, was given, very nice. Now, given the fact that there is. Uh, uh, They've they've obviously cut back on some things as we pointed out. Some things were not there that have been there in previous years. Did it take away at all from the overall experience of being there for Flower and Garden? No, I no. didn't think so at all. I don't. I'm I myself. If I was a casual visitor, I didn't get handed a booklet as we went through the turnstile. I don't know that I would notice that Epcot. I would think it looked great, but I wouldn't notice that anything was really going on. It's not. I don't think it's that overt. It's not like food and wine, where as you walk around the World Showcase, there's a food booth every 10 feet. Mm-hmm. There are those little shops as you walk into World Showcase where they sell the, the garden stuff. But other than that, I mean, the park looks awesome, but it's not as overt as some of the other activities that they have. Mm-hmm. They actually added more shopping places around the World Showcase than they had before. And as I mentioned to Walter, there's also more play areas for the kids. Oh, yes. It seems like where they didn't have a display this year they put in a play area which is nice if you've got kids so just allow extra time to play in those and they were all very active that play Mm -hmm. area was really nice Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean the reason i asked the question is that you know one of the things i've noticed is that while they are making cutbacks in a number of areas throughout the parks i have to be honest and say that in my time in the parks anyway i haven't really felt as though i was losing anything Per se, you know what I'm saying. That yeah, they've cut back on some things, but the experience was still pretty solid. So that's what you guys are basically saying. That even though there yeah. have been some elements of a flower and garden removed from previous years, it didn't affect the overall. The only place I would say that it might have affected it is for the concerts at night, because I, if you came down, you know, um, because one of the agents from Dreams was down here and she was looking forward to the concerts, and then found out that. It's only on the weekends, and she was leaving. So if you come, had come down in years past and thought, well, hey, I'll take in a concert tonight, you couldn't unless you're here on the weekends. Same thing with the Festival Center. I mean, it's not something that I do or I look forward to, but I can see that if you're not here 
on a weekend or your weekend's taken up by something else, that could be a disappointment. Yeah. I wanted to participate. The only thing, oh, the only thing that we really noticed was that the sculpture garden just passed um, Ice Station Cool or Club mm-hmm. Cool, it's called now. That was gone, and that was the biggest shock. I think yeah. it's like there's nothing over there now. It's empty, and and that I, I would think could be fairly easy to do if you just put out, you know, that people wanted to donate their sculptures. I don't know where that would have cost Disney a lot of money. We didn't go through exhibition, the exhibition hall. I didn't see. I don't know if that was open or not. I didn't, Did, yeah, I didn't go through it either. I didn't either. It seems well, that since they moved the festival center to the other side, they didn't do that anymore. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing over there. That used to be where you used to walk through and buy the. Oh, I thought that was there last year because mm-hmm. we always spend money in there. Yeah, they moved that. They contained it in one area. One thing I, I think you know looks great from year to year is there are the flower fields. How they just completely redo those mm-hmm. uh, that that land and just fill it with flowers. That, and then, that, like that two days awesome. after it's over, you go back and they've got um, sod in there. It's like it never happened. Now, in terms of some of the uh, seminars that they run on the weekends coming up, anything look interesting, Walter? I'm so glad Walter likes this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can send you back to a bug presentation if you like. <laughs> I have a bad eye. <laughs> I can't see the bugs. <laughs> He's looking. A lot of interesting stuff there, huh, Walter? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's nope. looking for them A-list gardeners. In years past, I've gone to see the gardeners, but personally this year, there really wasn't any that stood out to me. In the past, there were things that I, was, I would be looking forward to seeing. There wasn't anything I was absolutely dying to see this year. There's no cooperative extension people you want to go talk to? <laughs> well, usually... I know we've discussed this, but I mean, usually they had some well-known gardeners, and this year it's like the ones that they have. I'm not. Uh, I'm hard pressed to come up with the name of a well-known gardener. Roger Swain. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Vita Sackville West. Ava Gardner. <laughs> Ina Garten. <laughs> no, there's um, that guy from Paul Gardening James. by the Yard. Yeah, I always Paul like James. Him. Yeah, yes. there's no, a, there's I a bunch none of, them. of these people. Oh, there's a guy that Oprah has on all the time with the Australian accent. Him. <laughs> and then there's a guy, I can't think of his name now, that he used to flip the show. Okay, again, if you can't think of his name, chances are he's not a big name. Oh, no, he is. He was a big name. He started at um, Epcot, and he had this um, show, and now I went up and I gushed over him, and I got his autograph, and I got my picture with him, and now I can't think of his name. It's terrible, but Fame he was is good. fleeting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because I went home after that thing and practiced with the shovel, like how he flips it, so that next year when he came back, I could be one of the people that got to go up to try to flip the shovel. But he's not here. You need to go out more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this weekend I can go see the uh, woman who does the garden police. And it's going to be a landscaping designer. So... It's not very riveting this year. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's a little low key this year. Plant cops. Bad plant, bad plant. What you gonna do? She's the gardening police? What is she? That's the name of the show that she's in. Then I'm, I'm going to be executed. <laughs> Shoot to kill when you see. They're going to chase you down in your white tank top. I don't know. Some of the things about the herbs um, sounded that would pretty be good. And then the one with the perfume. Tell about how it goes from plants to the actual perfume. That one sounded fairly interesting yeah, also. I don't do think you're one. using that word right. But interesting. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's plant boy, so I mean. Yeah, but he's not even. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but not even he's excited. 
that's what I said. It's, see, it's, but that's that, that. See, but that's one of the reasons I wanted him to go take a look because this is someone who is very, very into gardening, very into plants. And if these exhibits aren't getting him excited, the guy's name is Gary Allen. That's what his name was. If they're not getting <laughs> him excited, then you know, then yeah, there's not the kind of star power there to make it what it has been in previous years. Maybe another area where the cutbacks are a little bit more noticeable. I think so. Well, is he the dirt flipper? Pardon me? Is he the dirt flipper? Yeah, he's the shovel flipper. <laughs> Walter, did you see the uh, festival poster this year? No, I don't think I did. It's orchids. Is it? Yeah. I didn't care for it. I mean, it's very dark and gloomy to me. It seemed like it was a gloomy picture. Uh, we'll be back, mm. so I'll, I'll look at it next time, but I didn't see it this and time. And the artist is somewhere signing them. Almost every weekend she'll be there signing no, She'll them. probably be up at the Wonders of Life Pavilion. No, she was in that front. Oh, really? In the, the old Odyssey restaurant. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's where she has been in years past. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess there's stuff I have to go back and see. So, right. overall, scale of 1 to 10, what do you guys give uh, this year's Flower and Garden Festival? Eight and a half. Nine. Corey? Eight. Yeah, I was thinking eight and a half. Mainly yeah. because of the concert schedule. Yeah, like an eight. I usually something. go during the week. Because All right, still very high marks, yeah. though. Still very high marks. Yeah, if you had if never been there... You'd enjoy it if you've never. If you're not going for the Flower and Garden Festival, then it's a ten because mm-hmm. the park looks spectacular. If you're comparing it to years past, there's a couple things missing. Well, yeah, but also they can't do the same thing every year. Or there's a lot of new things. Now, what kind of merchandise at the? Uh, you talk about the festival center. What kind of merchandise are they selling? Mickey gnomes, um, gardening gloves, gardening gloves. There's um, what I thought was really cool is like a hummingbird feeder. It looks like a, a very tall flower and a Tinkerbell in it, and you put sweetened water in it, and the oh, okay. hummingbirds or the butterflies will come over to it. A lot of those spinning things, those metal things that spin, and when you look like at Like a them, mobile kind of a thing. And a, what's the plant that they sell you, like the twigs? Oh, that, don't do that, it. The vermiliad? Oh, or no, 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 no. It's... The, you have one on the side of your house. I just don't know what they call that particular plant. Oh, the Hawaiian lady. Plumeria. Yes, Plumeria. Plumeria. Okay. They're selling those. I have to tell you something. Let me tell you, those are really cool plants. If you can grow one, I was say, mine we've tried. Good. No, we've he's we, he's we, got we, a yeah, gigantic we, one. Next yeah, I've to got it. a huge one out in back. Um, they're gorgeous. If you can grow them, I mean, they're tough to grow. They are. We've tried a couple a couple of years, but of course, it took me know, a couple I, of years to get them to bloom. Well, I've got I've got Plant Boy. So no, they're not the easiest bloomers. So I have to give them that. But you made it. You made it happen. Yeah. Oh, and check out oh. the um, the bromeliad dragon in China. I missed that. I didn't yeah, know. That's yeah, we didn't go that way. But there are also... Um, Y'all didn't go around the World Showcase? We went halfway. We went halfway. Mm. I had my mom and dad with us. Okay. We went out for lunch. Um, we'll do the other half another day. Uh, there are... If you little, make it halfway, can't you just finish the other half? We take the boat back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> back up. <laughs> you would think we could finish the loop, right? <laughs> but we can't. Um, they were selling bonsai. And some of them were pretty yeah. good, and I thought the prices were fairly decent. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Nick, as you, you, you have been unimpressed with the bonsai in, uh, in, in Mitsukoshi, the Japan, store in Japan. Right. Every time you go in there and you look at them, you're like, those don't look good. Again, how do you get that home? They'll ship them. Will they? Yeah. They'll there ship are home. festival shops um, back by France and Morocco. It's Kathy yeah. saying all around. Show, yeah. Okay. So they had a really cool topiary in uh, Morocco. It was Aladdin. Yeah. One of those magic that. carpet. Yeah. That was yeah. nice. That's they, what they, I think they liked about it. Was sort of the surprise topiaries yeah. they had this year. 
So, all right. Well, overall, a, a good review yes. mm-hmm. of this year's Flower and Garden Festival. So we're going to move on. All right. Our next segment is John and Kevin with the final installment of their Disney Cruise Line Primer. Today they're going to talk about ports of call. So what have you got for us today? We're going to talk about the, the different ports of call um, and as well as uh, the the debarkation process, what happens when you get off the ship. That seems to cause a lot of stress for people. They want to know what that process is about. Is about. Um, obviously, we can't go through every single uh, shore excursion available at every port of call. If you go to the Diz, if you go to the cruise line section, you'll find some really great information. All the hyperlinks will take you to descriptions of the ports of call as well as extensive shore excursion information, which is Right up to the minute, we go through that, and we make sure it's up to the minute and the pricing's right. So that's my advice if you're looking for what kind of shore excursions are available at what ports. Um, I'll start with the easiest one, the three-night cruise, and that just goes to Nassau and Castaway Key. We talked a little bit about Nassau. Pete gave his... Yeah, I just threw up a little in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Pete gave his impressions of Nassau. As with any... Caribbean slash Bahamian Island, there's, you know, it's all about swimming in the sun and those type of things to do. And drinking. And drinking. So if that's what you're into. And jewelry stores. You know, those are options for you as well. We always say, and it's probably going to hear us say over and over again, if this is your first time to a port of call and you don't know what to do, take one of the island tours. These are usually fairly inexpensive. They're usually only a couple of hours, and they'll show you all around the island and hit all the hot spots. Or and highlights, I and blame say. all the blight on a hurricane that happened 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. This is from Hurricane So-and-So from 1978. Well, then why the heck haven't you rebuilt it yet? <laughs> You've had 20 years, 30 years, rebuilt it already. Because it's an island. They have to get this stuff to the island. It takes a long time. They don't so, have wood? He <laughs> <laughs> don't. It takes so, them 30 years to get wood to an island? One place, the, the guy built the house out of conch shells. There wasn't any wood available. But NASA, Okay, well, that's an option. <laughs> NASA has, um, if you're not interested in the shore excursions or the shopping or any of that stuff, its big draw, quote-unquote, is Atlantis. At and, Paradise Island. Paradise Island. And this is a giant hotel with a casino in it. And the taxi ride from the ship to Paradise Island is better than any thrill ride you'll ever ride at a theme park. That's it's like take your life into your hand taxi. We call it Terror of Emissions. <laughs> Terror of Emissions. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a $5 cab ride. I want to talk about the fact per that, person. The fact that now they've really simplified the process of getting a taxi in Nassau. It's there's a list of what you should pay. And there are approved cab drivers. It used to be a free-for-all. It was horrible. It was horrible. You but get your hair braided while you're on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that they do as you're getting off the ship, and there, John's right, there is a, a, now a chart in the little building that you pass through as you're leaving the port area, and it's regulated. And it will tell you the different points on the island and what the legal fare is to that point. I may, I think you should all make a point of checking that so that you don't get a cab driver who tells you that it's $40 for a $5 cab ride. Well, anybody on the, uh, when you get off the ship uh, in Nassau in particular, um, in order to get out into the main area of the island, you got to go through festival place. Anybody on the ship side of festival place is, a, it's, it's asking you for a, 
If you want a taxi, those are approved because they could not be in there unless they were because you cannot get through Festival Place unless you show your documentation that you are there to board the ship. So um, people, you know, regular unregulated taxi drivers from the island can't come through Festival Place and go hang out on the dock the way they used to be able to. Correct. So if they're on the ship side a festival place then you're then they're legitimate if they're on the other side you're taking it taking a chance something else to keep in mind if you're looking to go to any destination we usually go to paradise island in atlantis what they're going to do is i'm used to taking a cab in some place like new york where if you get in a cab it's your cab what will happen is they will try and corral you in groups if that cab can hold eight people or seven people, they, they will put keep, 14 people right, in there. They will keep pulling you aside until they have the seven or eight people, and all of you will ride together. It is okay to tell them, is this going to be my cab and my cab only, or are you looking to take other people with you? We've done it several times. I want to go in a cab all by myself. I want a private cab. Yeah. I want a private cab. It's okay to say that. If you don't care about riding with other people or looking to make friends, by all means, go for it. Also, keep in mind that when you do go to Atlantis, um, if you're not a guest of the hotel, there's a number of areas of that hotel that are off limits to you. And the staff at the Atlantis is not necessarily going to be pleasant in telling you that. Um, if you go into the casino, it's a little different. But uh, if you want to go see anything really on the grounds in Atlantis, you've got to pay for that. There's a it used to be twenty five dollars. I don't know what it is now. There's a tour want. of the of the um, the aquarium, aquarium, the aquarium, which is huge. One of the draws of Atlantis is a very large, very impressive pool. Yeah, it's a nice pool. In order to use the pool, you have to be a guest of the hotel. Some of the things that our listeners will do will they will book a one night stay either at Atlantis or at the Comfort Inn. Paradise Island, which is part of the Atlantis complex, but it's a much lower price than actually staying in Atlantis. So people will rent one night at this either of these hotels in order to use the pool and to use the amenities of the resort. Not something you have to do, especially if it's your first visit. Um, you don't even have to get a cab if it's your first visit. You could literally walk to the shopping areas and see enough of the island to get a flavor for it. But Back these are to the options. Taxi. Now you pay five dollars a person. Right. Do you tip on top of that? Some people do. I would, especially mm-hmm. if he's. I mean, it's just like anywhere else. Right. You would. Okay. And the, are they yelling at you when you get off the boat? Take my cab. Take my cab. Is it like that? Well, thing? bad this time. They, well, they don't yell, but you certainly know they're there. Yeah. They will. Do you need a cab? Do you need a cab? Do you need a cab? You need to go to oh. Paradise Island. You need a That's cab? actually true of any island you go right. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're it was like that Mexican. Now, John, I thought they had different excursions that you could partake in different things at Paradise Island. There are, yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's one. I didn't bring a list of all the excursions. So, I mean, there's definitely things where you can go and uh, there's tours you could be a part of. There's other Oh, well, I guess what aquarium. I meant was if you pay, can you use the hotel facilities? That's not a shore excursion? Can someone bring up the. I don't want to give. Well, there's the Atlantis Aqua Adventure. That's eight hours long, adults 160, children 110. And that's basically giving you access to the, the water park. Which is sixty-three acres, which yeah. is their pool. And just, okay, so that's what I right. thought. And just by by contrast, um, on the day we'll be there on the podcast cruise, May eleventh, uh, the cost for one night at the Atlantis is four hundred dollars. So, if you're a family of four, 
it's probably and, and you want to use the pool at the Atlantis. It's probably cheaper to get a room. In a room. Then you have a place to go and change. You have a place to go where somebody can go. And There's also the relax. Atlantis Beach Day. That's two to seven hours. Um, adults sixty five dollars. Children forty seven. I misspoke. You Just, don't have to be a, a guest of the hotel. You can do it through an excursion, yeah. but Keep you can't mind. just walk in and do it. Right. Keep in right. mind also that if you book a room, that your access to the pool is limited to the number of people that you paid for in the room. Right. I can't rent a room at Atlantis and take 15 people into the pool with no. me. No. So, again, these are things that people do. These are things you can do. You don't have to do it. Um as with any port of call, there's the option of just getting off the ship and exploring on your own. I personally don't find that NASA is something that people should be afraid of. I wouldn't wander too far from the ship, but I don't think it's anything where I would say, listen, yeah. be fearful. Just use your normal, aware skills of your on vacation watch. I've been to it. ports where I was much more afraid. Exactly. Yeah, don't buy marijuana either. It's weak. I'm kidding. Go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. No, we went to Cancun. They were busting tourists left and right. He's such a great father. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. How about talking about a little bit about shore excursions? Like you find one on the internet as compared to like going with an authorized, you know, Disney. That's an excursion. Excellent, excellent point, Kathy. One of the I don't things. Think it's that great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's excellent. If you book a shore excursion through Disney. You have certain guarantees, one of which is if something happens on the excursion and the excursion is longer than it's planned to be and the ship is scheduled to leave, you will get back on the ship. If you book your own shore excursion separately and something happens and you don't get back to the ship, the ship could leave without you. I don't want to scare people. This doesn't happen a lot. But it does happen. It does happen. So a really good point is to keep in mind is if it's through Disney. Teresa has a look of abject terror on her face. <laughs> I really only send my husband on. on. <laughs> <laughs> my children are staying with me. That's like the 16-hour. 16-hour <laughs> Something else to keep in mind with that question. It doesn't really happen at, Atlanta, at NASA that often because NASA is so close to the States. But during certain times of the year, if there are storms in the Caribbean, your itinerary is subject to change at any point. That's in Disney's terms and conditions. If you've booked a shore excursion through Disney and your itinerary changes, you're guaranteed your money back. If you've booked and paid for an excursion through Bob's Boat, you might not get your money back if the ship doesn't show up at the island you were supposed to show up at. Disney will not reimburse you for changing their itinerary if you booked a shore excursion on your own. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. You're looking at me like you're not sure what I'm saying. No, it makes no, sense. I was just waiting for you to, you know, finish the uh, sentence. Was I just waiting for you to <laughs> shut up? Yeah, <laughs> apparently. There are a, a lot of times where the shore excursions that you book outside of Disney where it's much less money, and this is the draw of doing it that way that people can get a better deal. These are just the things you have to consider when you want to do that. With the four-night cruise, you also go to Nassau and you also go to Castaway Key, so we'll handle both of those at the same time. Castaway Key is every cruise you go to, and Castaway Key is kind of like the carrot at the end of the stick oh, for most Disney it's cruisers. Awesome. People look forward to this the most. Singularly, really, singularly, in my opinion, the best thing Disney's ever done. Think in, think in terms of a really luxurious Gilligan's Island. Well, think of everything you've ever imagined a tropical paradise would be, and that's this, that's uh, exactly what Castaway Key is. Tropical slice of heaven, pretty much. With plumbing. With plumbing. <laughs> With plumbing, yeah. One of the things that, to 
to keep in mind with Castaway Key is that this is not your typical port of call. Um, this is Disney's private island. For the most part, you're just going to step off the ship onto the island, do whatever you want. You'll be able to come and go as you please. The island's small enough that you can see the whole thing. Everything on the island is controlled by Disney. So you don't have to worry about that. You know, am I going to get someone who's not going to uh, uh, go take take a shore excursion that's not going to happen or things like that? Those are all run by Disney. And there's not a lot of shore excursions on Castaway Key because it's more of a beach day. You can do things like... I don't know. There's a pretty good selection between the banana boats and the glass bottom boats. Parasailing. Parasailing. But it's not like he's not like taking the history tour or anything no, like that. No, do no, no. Most of these islands. It's all centered around... Beach activities. Yeah, jet skis. The other thing to keep in mind is because it is a Disney-owned and operated island, the shopping that's available in other ports of call is not available on Castaway Key. You're going to buy Disney tchotchkes. That's it. One of the things that uh, is sort of exclusive to Castaway Key is they have their own post office. So if you want to send a letter or a postcard back to the States, you can do that on Castaway Key. What's important to know about this is this is the only place – they only accept cash – you can't use your key to the world card, your room key, to purchase the stamps. They won't take traveler's checks or credit cards. You right. actually have to have cash in order to buy and stamps. And take small bills because I've been there when people have had, had 20s and 50s and they had to wait for somebody to you know, buy a bunch of stuff so they could change their money for them. It's literally a one-room post office and someone is back there making change and handing out stamps. So that's a cool thing to do from Castaway Key. You might want to get your postcards in advance, have them written up. Bring them out there, get them stamped, and have And don't them expect to see them at your house like within a week or so. It, it takes This is Bahamanian time. Yeah. Also, what's fun on Castaway, you see a lot of familiar faces um, from the ship. So, like, say, a, bar, your, your a bartender you go to, you'll see him on uh, him or her on Castaway Key at one of the bars. Uh, the entertainment sure. person, you'll see him. A lot of familiar faces on Pete, the island. Pete and I met someone we had on a previous cruise from years ago, and he remembered our name. Yeah. Are you amazed that these cast members remember you? And I haven't been I on the ship shocked. in quite a while, other than the last one. And it's amazing to see how many people remember your face. And I think they deal with, a, a, what? 3,000 people every week? Yeah. It's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Kesswicky has something for everybody. There's an adult beach. There's a teen beach. There's a adults-only beach, mm-hmm. a family beach. So um, it's just a great place. You're going to have a great time. And on the, uh, one, of the, one of the big highlights for a lot of people on the island, as we talked about in our trip report last a few weeks ago, is the barbecue. Uh, you got Cookies Barbecue. Uh, which is right off the family beach. But if you're on the adult side, the adults have their own barbecue. I will tell you, we were a little less than impressed with the food at the adult barbecue this it's, last it's time. It's not the same? Uh, no. It's a smaller version. It's a smaller it's a version. taste of. Well, I mean, the steak they were serving was, in my opinion, inedible. Yeah. I didn't it was steak. nothing but fat. What they're doing, too, is they're also bringing the food from cookies out there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Now... Another hidden little gem. I don't cookies does have more food. There's more food, and also, again, like you said, it's being prepared there as opposed to being prepared somewhere else and being brought out. Okay. I don't warm. care for paper. I don't care for picnic tables. No, they were cooking everything there. Were they, they were really? cooking the burgers and the steaks yeah, were all being the, cooked there. Yeah. Okay. I apologize. I thought they didn't do that. If you don't want to eat at a picnic table or have a barbecue, 
or it's really hot the day you're there, they do serve a buffet lunch in um, Parrot Key, mm-hmm. which is a little – it's air-conditioned. It's a little calmer, a little more serene. So if you want to step back on the boat and have lunch, and before you go back out to the island, you can do that And also. especially if you have a uh, table uh, by the window in Parrot Key, you get some beautiful views of the island. You do. There are full drink service on Castaway Key. You won't go thirsty. Have a conch cooler if you're mm. going to partake. Those are good. Plenty of bars. Mm-hmm. Plenty of bars all over Castaway Key. It was such a small island. And waiters that go up and down the adult beach taking your order. One of the problems with Castaway Key is um, because it's such a small island and because of how it's positioned in the channel where the boat has to dock is positioned, there are times when the ship will not dock at Castaway Key due to winds, due to current. Due to currents, usually, yeah. Um, so one of the things we hear a lot of people come back not a lot of people when people come back and are disappointed it's because they didn't get the castaway key just keep that in mind it could happen it doesn't happen often and you don't have to do um, any excursions to really enjoy it there's a rental place where you can rent floats you can rent bicycles snorkeling equipment so you can kind of go at your own pace that's what we like to do we like to get a float snorkeling equipment go out to the adult beach and just spend the whole day and there right is there. also now a uh, an area off the family beach, off the teen beach, actually, uh, which is for snorkeling with stingrays. If you want to uh, snorkel and, and feed stingrays, uh, they have a whole area now set up in the in the ocean where it's all kind of cordoned off. It's and, pretty neat because you see the big stingrays swimming around, so you mm. just go, you feed them, you swim with them. One of the things that I hear quite frequently is if you are a snorkel fan, that it's better to do it during the day, early in the day. What happens is as the day goes on, more snorkelers show up, and apparently the bottom gets stirred up, and your visibility is much less than it is earlier in the day. Okay, so the teens can get in there with those Anybody can. Anybody can uh, rent the – can do that little – And get in there with them. The stingrays, yeah. Okay, Grace, Uncle Pete is lying about that. It's no, not true. I'm not. I'm <laughs> all safe. They have no stingers. She's having crocodile Eight. hunter fantasies over here. <laughs> really? Uh, the adult beach. You can walk a hundred yards out, and the water just is up to your knees. Something else to keep in mind, which was a complete and utter shock to me, is depending on the time of year you go, the water at Castaway Key can be very chilly. You think because you're going to the Caribbean that you're going to have bath water? And it's not true. The first time I went, we went around Thanksgiving, and I went tearing into the adult beach thinking I was going to hit 85, 90-degree water. I hit 65-degree water, and I just backed right out. So <laughs> something to keep in mind. And I would also say on the adult beach um, to bring water shoes because I can remember the first time we oh, went yeah. in oh, yeah. and watching a lot of the adults going, ooh, 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 ooh. So the next time we had water shoes, and the it was adult, fine. The adult beach is very rocky. It's a lot of rocks and in the water. In the water, right. yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's all natural. So then. the other thing to keep in mind is that you are in open ocean, and I see people doing things like swimming out further than anybody else. If your kids are doing that, just keep in mind that you are in open ocean. The family yeah. beach actually is protected by a, a wall, right? But so it still is open. There's lifeguards, right? Do you know what that wall is made of? First of all, you know that according to the excursion we took, that's natural. That's not put there by Disney. And that's all coral. That's all dead coral. Oh, I thought it was It's a old... pretty straight line. It's amazing how convenient, if, if this, what this 
boat captain was telling us was true, which I don't think it was. I think it is true that it's there. That's part of the reason why the beach is so pristine, because it had a breakwater that protected it, which is why the, the beach looked the way it did. I don't know. It's a, a little too convenient. Maybe the location is just Maybe they blew out the, the beach. Maybe the beach was a lot of rocks, and they just blew it out to make it bigger well, than what they, it is right, now. What they did is they added up, they piled onto it to right. give it, it more support. It might be natural behind. material. I don't think it occurred naturally. No, exactly. Well, now we, we, we're spending an awful lot of time on the Bahamas. We've got to talk about some other ports right. of call. So, oh, yeah, the ship goes other places. It does. <laughs> Castaway Key is every cruise, so that's why I wanted to cover that more thoroughly. Um, the seven-night cruises are, have alternating itineraries. There's eastern and western Caribbean itineraries. Two uh, eastern. The, the standard eastern itinerary is St. Martin, St. Thomas, and Castaway Key. Those are only ports of call. St. Martin and St. Thomas, these are huge tourist destinations. They're geared towards cruise ships coming to them. It's going to be... Much nicer than Nassau. There's going to be lots of things you can do as far as if you want to do shore excursions. There's a lot of choices. And again, there's also the options of just getting off the ship, shopping, exploring on your own. I also believe that as long as you are aware and you don't do anything stupid, these are safe places to go. You don't have to worry about getting off the ship and being accosted. You don't want to be, in my opinion, you don't want to be in St. Martin after dark. I believe that. I wouldn't be on any of these islands after dark. That's true. I think St. Thomas to me is a little bit feels no, a little I more I wouldn't safe. be on any of them after dark because not, again, not saying anything against the people of these islands per se. I don't know the islands. Exactly. And you I don't know, know what areas I should be in and shouldn't be in. I don't care where you are. How beautiful or not beautiful is there? Are always sections of any town that you shouldn't go into. We did this one time. New Orleans. We went to St. Martin. <laughs> yeah. And there's uh, the first street that you come to in St. Martin. Now, St. Martin has recently done a great deal of improvement. It, it's they've really tried to make this a better experience. However, the first street that you come to when you walk into St. Martin is what they call Front Street. And Front Street is all the shops and the linen shops and the jewelry shops and the liquor shops and the perfume shops. You go one street back and you're on what they call Back Street. It is. It's Front and Back Street. It's an entirely different experience. And you were talking about people offering to sell you illegal substances. I walked a block on Back Street and was offered at least six times. That never happens up front. At least it never has to me. So... That when we talk about going, stay where the tourists go, unless you're part of an excursion. Right. Now, St. Martin and St. Thomas don't have the same um, taxi cab set up as Nassau. If you are interested in taking a cab to the other side of these islands and seeing more of the islands, you're going to want to negotiate prices up front with a cab driver. How much is it going to be? Make sure you get that so the guy doesn't drive you there and then all of a sudden it'd be too much money. Something that's interesting on St. Martin is you can visit two countries in one stop. The island, the side of the island you get off on is the Dutch side. And that is, uh, I forget what the name of it is in St. Martin. Phillipsburg, I believe. No, Char- is it Phillipsburg or Charlotte Amelie? You were given way too much information. The other side of the island is the French side of St. Martin, and Correct. that's Marigo. So I think it's a 20-minute cab ride. So Keep you can- in mind, though, if you're going to the French side of the island... Some of the bathing is clothing optional. So if you're going to the beaches there, you need to keep that in mind. The Dutch side of the island, which is where the Disney ships dock, do not have uh, clothing optional beaches. But on the French side, they do. 
and stop it right now. You're netting over my dead body. Are you ever going to do that? He can't wait. He's dying to do it. Maybe that's why he didn't bring any clothes on the cruise. <laughs> he thought it was dining clothing option. <laughs> he has been dying. Talking to me about this for seven years. He wants to go to one of these clothing optional beaches. I'm like, over my dead body. Isn't there one in Tampa? There's actually one right over Don't give him any direction or ideas. <laughs> Please. St. Martin is um, is also one of the stops that will have casinos. So if you're interested in gambling. Yeah, no. They are... <laughs> No. Yeah, they are scary to say the least. This is like this is like Bob's Casino, okay? and not our Bob. No, not our Bob. It's like Norman's Casino. Yeah, it's there's uh, there's no gaming commission really. Uh, uh, it's like Vegas Vacation where he's, yeah. he's playing the coin flip game. <laughs> Guess what number? Guess what number I'm thinking? Game. <laughs> These are not what most people would consider casinos. <laughs> These are scary, scary little holes in the wall. And if you haven't seen Vegas Vacation, you need to get that movie. That movie is hilarious. It is funny. Um, so that's St. Martin for you. I mean, if you want to buy linens, they sell right. beautiful hand and, or embroidered linens. I'll, I'll say this. The, the shopping in St. Martin and St. Thomas is excellent. If you, re- yes. that you will get good deals on jewelry, real deals on jewelry. You will not in Nassau. Correct. Um, I'll tell you now, the shopping experience in Nassau is garbage. As a, especially as it, as it stacks up against St. Martin and St. Thomas, that's a much different experience, a much better experience mm-hmm. in my opinion. Now, one of the things about um, St. Martin is at the moment, the only way to get from the Disney cruise ship to the main area is via a shuttle, is via a boat. So you have to... That's actually not true anymore. Well, I say at the moment, they, they've not... Oh, that's right. They did do the cabs the right. last time we were there. You dock at St. Martin. However, it's an ex- the cab ride is more expensive to go. You have to kind of like go around the mountain. If you walk a couple of yards past the end of the cruise ship, there is a water taxi. Water taxi. You pay, I believe it's $5. You get a wristband, and it allows you to go back and forth for the day using the water taxi. And you can go to what they call uptown or, or midtown or uptown. We're talking maybe 20 blocks difference, 10 blocks difference. But the water taxi is the fastest way to get to the shopping area. And the most economical. The most economical. Right, many times, many times you want back and forth. However, if you're looking for wheelchair accessibility, you, know, you would be better off taking a taxi taxi, a land taxi as opposed to the water taxi. The water taxis are not wheelchair accessible as far as I can tell. Moving on to uh, St. Thomas. St. Thomas, uh, you have... Depending on the time of year, the Disney cruise ship will either dock or you can just step off the boat onto the dock or it will tender, which means you have to take another boat to get to the main land. And that just happens to be depending on what time of year it is and what slips are available and what Disney is contracted. Um, if you do take that kind of shuttle, those are free. They pull up to the boat. you get it, They pull up to the Disney cruise ship. You get in them. They take you to the land. The tenders you're talking the about. The tenders are free. Uh, um, St. Thomas is really known for its shopping. So this is one of those places where if you want to shop, it's really the place to go, especially for things that are a little more unique, black coral. I was going to talk about that. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Um, John and I are collectors of a certain artisan who has since passed away. His name is Bernard K. Passman. And I had heard about him on a cruise ship one time. And the thing that piqued my interest is when Princess Diana and Prince Charles were married, uh, Ronald Reagan commissioned him 
to create the wedding gift from the United States to Charles and Diana. I just wanted to go and see what that kind of stuff was like. He is the only artist in the Caribbean who's actually licensed to harvest black Hmm. coral. It's also one of the few places where you can go other than a recognized jewelry shop where you can actually buy real black coral. I'm wearing a piece of it today, as a matter of fact. A lot of times what you're getting is black plastic in the Caribbean, so be careful of what you're buying. Uh, If you're interested, I think you should go. There's a shop in St. Martin. There is two shops in St. Thomas. And his jewelry is not cheap at all, but it is all signed and things like that and limited editions. and Beautiful stuff, too. We got Julie's first piece in St. Thomas, and she's hooked now. Is she? I, we, have, we collect the little medallions that you can hang from a chain, and they're little sculptures. We have, I believe, nine of them at this point. Well, in addition to the regular store excursions, the list that you can go through, and then the shopping, one of the things that St. Thomas has is that you can book a shore excursion over to St. John. Which is how long of a of a boat ride? I think it's twenty minutes. Um, so twenty minutes. It's I think it's closer to 30, 30, 30 to forty. Thirty to forty minute boat ride over to St. John, and that is a much more pristine experience when it comes to a, a Caribbean island. Much less shopping over there, um, but if you really want to get a feel for a pristine Caribbean environment, that's what you want to go to and go and see. Um, that's sort of the the plus of St. Thomas is you get two islands in one. And St. John, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful places you'll ever go. It's, as John said, pristine, undeveloped. Uh, the beaches are all part of a national park. And when you get off the ferry boat on St. John and the taxi is taking you down just up the road a little bit, it's actually, I think, walking distance from the dock, on the right is this little collection of stores that has some of the cutest stuff in it. It's just like it's like this really nice little shopping plaza. Not big. Um, I don't even think there was a jewelry store there. I think there was just some artists, some local artists selling stuff, and you know a few stores like that. Some very different stuff that you're not really going to find. Uh, hmm. On the island, on St. Thomas itself, or at any of the other islands, it was really cool. Nice little restaurant back there. That was the restaurant that saved me when I took a Royal Caribbean cruise, and they only had that awful Seattle's best coffee on it. And I was dying for a decent cup of coffee. And I went to this restaurant, and they made me this. I'm like, just tell me you have decent coffee. And they had this stuff. I think it was called Kings Island Coffee. I'd never heard of it. It was only available to restaurants in the Caribbean. One of the best cups of coffee I've ever had. And I was so thrilled with this cup of coffee, I left the waitress a ten dollar tip, and she put like three bags of of the stuff in my uh, in my you know she gave me like three bags of the coffee to take with me, which I nice. thought was nice. But I mean, St. John's, if you like nature, you <clears throat> definitely need to go to St. John's. Oh yeah, because P- Pete's no one's defini- definition of nature boy, but he had a wonderful time. When you go to the very end, you can hear um, land hermit crabs crawling in the um, oh that's cool bushes. There's coral everywhere. I mean, there's a lot to <laughs> the see. look on Kevin's face. You can hear yeah. the crabs in the bushes. I've seen uh, that move in the jungle. I guess that's what you would call it. But there's, there's hermit crabs crawling around. You I've can had hear. that nightmare. <laughs> crabs in the bushes. I don't um, have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind. Good for you. Smart move. That, this is what we'll, we're referring to as the quote-unquote regular seven-night Eastern itinerary. For 2009, Disney Cruise Line has introduced what they're calling 
alternate seven-night Eastern itineraries. And on certain sale dates... What's the matter? Can I tell my St. Croix story? Sure. When we get there. <laughs> Jeez. Pushing the envelope. In addition to... Instead of going to St. Martin, they switched out uh, Tortola and St. Croix on certain sale dates. And again, go to our website, and you'll be able to see the list of what dates go to what ports of call. Uh, I've never been to Tortola. I can't tell you much about it except what I've seen on travel shows. It looks to me like it's your typical Caribbean island. You're going to go and there's going to be shopping and there's going to be shore excursions and beaches and things like that. Um, so I can't really give you a firsthand experience. Anybody been to? Nope, not neither one. Okay. But I, we've seen travel shows where they talk about there's Rum Point, where you, you know the history is that the rum ship... Uh, crash there and so now that's where everybody goes to drink rum where was that that's not there where is that then that's in grand cayman oh it's in grand cayman that's right <laughs> but they're all the same they all sort of <laughs> they all have ships that crash they all have ships that crash and they're all drinking rum <laughs> we uh we have been to st croix we were on a royal caribbean ship that uh refueled in, refueled st. Croix. in st croix but unexpectedly we were told that the that day that the ship was going to stop in St. Croix, from what we understand, fuel was cheap, so the, the captain just decided to stop there. So it wasn't on our regular itinerary. We, we were told that we could get off the ship. We would have a four-hour window. That's how long it would take to refuel the ship. And I get the feeling that the people of St. Croix found out we were coming at 5 o'clock that afternoon. Most of the, the waterfront was closed. However, if you walked around the corner, there was, first of all, the scariest fried ch- Kentucky Fried Chicken I've ever seen in my entire life. But there was a street festival Kentucky going Fried on. Pigeon. Exactly. <laughs> and it seemed like they had had a telephone tree and called one another and said, there's a cruise ship here. Everybody come out. Now, St. Croix, this part of St. Croix was built. Apparently, St. Croix floods. So what's happened is there were these huge gutters. And I'm talking huge. So the first step up was a good two and a half or three feet after the gutter. So when the, where the shopping areas were on both sides, there were these huge steps over the gutter, but you were a good two and a half or three feet off the ground. Well, we were with a friend who we hadn't traveled with before, and she and I wandered down a little bit and were looking at the crafts that they had out and things like that. Well, John had stopped, and John and I are both tall enough that I never feel that I'm going to lose him. He also knows that you know if you just look up, you'll find me. So she and I, her name is Chris, we were shopping around, and I turn around, and we saw one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. John turned around, and there was a woman standing directly behind him. And in order to, she thought she was stepping out of John's way, she took a step back off this curb (gasps) and realized that she was falling. Now, John wears very baggy cargo shorts. This woman reached out and grabbed him right in the crotch. (laughs) So I see John standing straight up, and this woman sort of cantilevered off this curb, hanging onto John's crotch with both hands. (laughs) And I looked at Chris, and I said, what do you think's going on? (laughs) (laughs) She had tried to get around me on this very, very narrow walkway, and it was literally two feet above street level. She she lost her footing, and the only thing that was... Within the grabbing range was John's crotch. Was the crotch of my pants, and there she dangled off John's crotch. <laughs> she was back. The front. front. Oh, okay. crotch. So the we, crotch. Okay. <laughs> where do you think his? Where do you think his crotch is? I think she was below him. You know, she's like, 
Never mind. Teresa wants arrows. Um, <laughs> this woman was on the same cruise ship as us, and we saw her for several days after this. And every time we would see her, she would put her head down, put her hands over her eyes, and go flying off in a different direction. John got a nickname for well, the entire cruise. What happened was I felt really good. I felt like I saved her life. Almost like a superhero. So he became Crotch Man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our St. Croix story. Saint oh crotch. my. St. Crotch, yeah. <laughs> All right. The next, <laughs> the next itinerary Disney has are Western Caribbean sale dates. Um, there's two of these, and the only difference is, first of all, there's only one of these alternate Western itinerary sailing. The only difference between the regular Western itinerary sailing and the special one is that the alternate goes to Castaway Key twice, and that's November 14, 2009. For the Western sailings, you go to uh, Key West. My favorite. For the regular sailings, and that's that's the, the port that's replaced by Key West on the alternate sailings, you go to Grand Cayman and you go to Cozumel. Key West is Key West. You're still in the States. You're in Florida. It is a tourist destination unto itself. Right. People just go to Key West to go to Key West. Some nice things as some nice things as some nice things are there's a drugstore in Key West. If you've happened to forget anything, yeah. it's easy to stop. I believe there's a CVS right near the port. There's a Dunkin' Donuts in Key West. Right. So, it is a party town. So if you're walking with your kids on Duval Street, beware of some of the things that they have in the windows. You know, there are bongs and shirts that they, they shouldn't be reading. Sayings that you shouldn't yeah. see. And there are people who are dressed inappropriately. inappropriately. So these are things you have to be aware of. But I also think that there are family things to do. There's that train ride. There's the family bar. <laughs> <laughs> There's the train ride. The Kong train. Family drag show. You can see Hemingway's house. <laughs> we, yeah, There's we a lot of history. Ride, didn't we? My favorite part of Key West is was the that, Margaret Truman fluff and fold laundry. Right around the island, remember? It yeah, was, we didn't. We were bored out of our minds. It was a snooze fest. There's a lot of history there. One of the things that is the big draw is watching the sunset. Yeah, at Key Mallory, West. Square. Mallory Square. Mallory Square. Mallory Square. So one of the things to keep in mind is if you have a stateroom on the ship that's facing towards the ocean, you don't have to fight the crowds. Exactly. You have the best view of that sunset. Look out your window. Just look out your window. Sit on your balcony. Mallory Square is also a carnival atmosphere. There will be fired swallowers and snake jars. They had some really good acts when they were doing it. Wasn't walking. I saw Beyonce. (laughs) He did not. (laughs) Doing the single ladies dance with John. John. So have you seen the YouTube video of the heavy set guy in a in a unitard? Doing the single ladies dance, it's hilarious. (laughs) It's hilarious. So again, Key West is Key West. There's going to be again shore excursions you can do if you really want to do them. Your best bet probably is just going to be to go out and. Now Key West, you also get there late in the day on your own. Correct. You're there for a shorter time than you are in most ports. You don't get there, I believe, until one o'clock. You're all looking at me like something. Well. I, it's been a long time since I've been on that cruise. But yeah, last same time, for me. Last time we were, that's true. Uh, after uh, Key West is going to be Grand Cayman. Actually, that's my favorite Caribbean island. Actually, Key West, you get there at 1130, and you leave at 730. So. Oh, we didn't get up until 2. So. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to Key West till 1 o'clock. <laughs> we assume that's when the boat got there. Talk a little bit about Grand Cayman. Grand Cayman is one of has one of the highest uh, standards of living in all of the Caribbean. It's a banking center. Uh, 
there's what they call Seven Mile Beach. You'll find things there. Uh, we've taken the island tour. You go to the turtle farm. Turtles in uh, Grand Cayman and a lot of the Caribbean are actually considered food. And this is a turtle farm where they not only are replenishing the ocean because of uh, a drop in the number of turtles, but they actually farm them out. Like we have cows on a farm. They have a turtle farm. You get to go to the rum factory. The Tortuga rum factory is in Key West, or I'm sorry, in Grand Cayman. And you get to some, go someplace called Hell. Hell is a little volcanic activity that happened a billion years ago. And it's this very odd little landscape. It's only an acre or two. However, I don't know if he's still there, but they have a gift shop with probably the funniest human being on earth. It's a man dressed up as a devil, an older man, and he tells hell jokes. <laughs> um, Where are you from? Orlando. I, I don't know the rest of that one. Well, it's hotter than hell there, too. Right. It's hotter. I understand Orlando's hotter than hell. I mean, he just keeps going on and on and on. But it's definitely worth taking like a Like the dam guides at uh, Hoover Dam? Exactly. Uh, there's also something called Seven Mile Beach, which is just beautiful, and that's just past town. Uh, there's a great deal of jewelry and all the, the Caribbean things doodads you could possibly imagine it's just it's it's more like a beach town as far as i'm concerned the beach towns i grew up with it's a little wider spaced it's a little more walking there's a little more space between buildings and things like that so you can do that's where uh, rum point is you can actually take a cab or a taxi out to rum point and we just watched a show on grand cayman the other night and it was because of a ship filled with rum crashed there and it's kind of this pristine beach that has bars on it now. And again, we, we talk about, I've talked about it early on, we took the island tour, and the island tour takes you to all these spots. So if you're the type of person who just wants to see the interesting quote-unquote spots, take an island That's tour. That's where the man built the house out of conch shells right. also, and your tour takes you past that. That is a private residence, and the man who owns it allows people to get out and take pictures and things like that. He asks for uh, you know, just a little bit of good taste and behavior but you're more than welcome to walk around the house and see what it's made out of conch shells and then the final stop on the western caribbean tour well not the final stop but the last port of call is cozumel and who wants to talk about cozumel it's not even fun anymore they almost accost you and drag you into their shops. yeah and they'll touch you and hey mister hey mister you know that garbage and oh, well and then they say oh i got what you want i got what you want then they're trying to sell you drugs um they were trying to sell us women last time. We got drugs. We got women. We got. Did you buy any? And I passed on both. But I've, I don't. When I get off the ship in Cozumel, I don't really go further than the port area. I don't really venture out into Cozumel. And like frankly, for, most of what was being sold in those shops was junk. It's typical. Price like ten times what it should be. So yeah. to bargain it down, to even what you should be paying would be. So in short, Cozumel, much like Nassau, do a shore excursion. Don't bother shopping. That's what I wanted to talk about. I took the best shore excursion of my life, John and I did, out of Cozumel. We went around Cozumel to the mainland of China and went to the Tulum Mainland of China? China? Did I say China? Mainland yeah. of China. Yeah, we went to China. <laughs> oh, it's quite it the was excursion. a long boat ride. Uh, mainland of Mexico, excuse me. And we went to see the Tulum Ruins tour. They're Mayan ruins on the coast, and it was the best excursion. They are the only Mayan ruins ever to be found uh, in a coastal area. Mm-hmm. Beautiful view from there, too. It is. I've actually been there. Um, it's a oh. little... Miss Therese is actually... Yeah, I've actually been there. It's a very long excursion. Uh, it's a little disconcerting when you first go. You walk through Costa Maya. 
and you, we were talking about places, Playa del Carmen. Playa del Carmen. I'm sorry, and we were talking. That's the entry point uh, to Mexico, where the the catamaran takes you for the Tulum ruin store. And you were talking about scary Caribbean ports. There were people st- lining both sides of the dock where the boat docked with machine guns. Army mm. men. In f- uh, there's a McDonald's right there too. By the way. Um, you take a bus ride. It's about an hour bus ride. They stop at a Mexican tchotchke shop along the way, so supposedly so you can go to the bathroom. What it really is is a tourist shop, and they try and sell you stuff. You go into uh, what they call the Mexican Riviera. It's a beautiful upscale part of the Mexico, and you're in the Tulum Ruin store. At first, it's a little grade school field trip. But then they take you out into the actual the, – the plot where the ruins are. At one point, you'll see pictures of people who were climbing the ruins. That's no longer possible. The ruins are roped off. You're allowed to look at them. You're not allowed to climb on them anymore. It is an active archaeological dig. I was very hesitant to do it. I was having a knee problem at the time, and I was concerned that it would be a lot of hiking and a lot of walking and climbing. It's really not. It is a little bit of a walk, but as long as you can do that, it's not really all that strenuous. It was a fantastic shore excursion. All right. We don't really have time to go into these, and I don't think most of us have experience with these. In 2010, Disney Cruise Line is going to be going to Europe, going to be going to um, the Baltic. And um, so there's going to be different ports of call for those sailings as well. We really just cover the ones out of uh, Port Canaveral, basically. Right. So maybe what we'll do is we'll set for another... Uh, podcast. We'll try to talk about those ports of call and try to give people some information on those who might be interested in those special sailings. And just one more thing. In 2010, there's going to be a special five-night Bahamian cruise uh, out of Port Canaveral. So if, for those who are interested in something a little bit longer and missing the Disney seven-night cruises in the summer of 2010, Disney is going to be offering a five-night cruise. And that's basically it for the ports of call. Oh, we want to talk about de-embarkation. De-embarkation, I'm going to do this really fast. The last night of your cruise, you're going to receive paperwork that you have to fill out. There's a customs form and there's a survey. Uh, Disney asks you to fill out the survey to tell them how they did. The custom forms are pretty self-explanatory. Keep in mind that every person is allowed a maximum amount of things that they can get duty-free. After that, you have to declare it. Uh, you're going to fill out the forms. Your luggage has to be packed and outside your stateroom by 11 p.m. Remember to pack or leave out your clothes that you're going to wear on the next day. We've heard stories about people getting off the ship in their pajamas. Getting off the ship is far less glamorous than getting on. They want you off the ship very early as they have to turn the ship around in order to make it ready for the next guests. They do it in stages. You're giving You're given luggage tags. You get off according to your luggage tag. They will call. Each luggage tag has a different character on it. It'll be Captain Mickey. It'll be Tinkerbell. It'll be Donald. You get off in the order of your luggage tags. They've made it very simple at the port. When you get off the ship, your luggage is already off the ship. And it is also set segregated by the tag by your, the character on your tag. So if you had Captain Mickey and that's how you got off the ship, you'll look for the Captain Mickey section. They also have your no, it's, luggage. Uh, it's by color, isn't it? Well, it's color and character. There's the Tinkerbell mm-hmm. section and Tinkerbell green. And oh, I didn't notice characters. Mm-hmm. I noticed. Oh, no, see, I have Tinkerbell luggage tags at home. Uh, and That's just because you like Tinkerbell luggage tags. I, the, the, the good thing is, if you've taken any other cruise, I like Royal Caribbean cruises. However, Disney has the debarkation 
system nailed. It's super easy. It's not at all like other uh, cruise lines. Your luggage is lined up according to your stateroom number. It's very easy to find. You have to go through customs, and then you're done. But it's, as I said, far less glamorous a process than getting on the ship. Just want to mention, you forgot to mention that there will be breakfast that morning, and the breakfast times will be based on your dinner times the night before. This is usually when you'll have your last chance to see your servers and give them their tips. And the tip process is explained in detail to you the night before, so don't get caught up in that process. But for those of you who are looking to eat before you leave, there's going to be breakfast. And you don't have to go to breakfast if you don't want to, but you still have to wait to get off according to your luggage tags. Plus, the ship has to clear customs when it comes back in. So you could be up at 5 o'clock. That doesn't mean they're going to let you off the ship until the ship well, actually Well, no, it's clears. not. You're not uh, let off the ship by determining uh, your, your luggage tag at your, at your seating. If you're a first seating, you get off at 7... 15 or 7.30 or as soon as the ship clears right. and then if you're second dining you're uh, uh, 8.30 is when you're released from the ship I thought, they, I thought we were called by was that Royal Caribbean we were called by color Royal no. Caribbean does color okay. no it's uh, Disney and um, if you choose you can carry your luggage off so if you don't you can. if you don't make it that that deadline, you know, get your luggage out of your stateroom at this but time but I will just say that it is a real pain in the neck it is to navigate with all those people ship. Yeah. And there are porters when you come down the escalator that will help you gather your luggage. And, you know, for a tip, they'll take it out to your car if you've driven to the port. And for the customs form, they do show you on the TV how to fill it out if you're not sure what to declare and how to do all that stuff. Keep in mind that there are 3,000 people looking to get off the ship at the same time. So if you're thinking about pulling your luggage, you either have to use the stairs or very, very crowded elevators. Mm -hmm. So unless you're a very, very light packer, I don't recommend that right. at all. Disney makes this very easy for you. It really don't, does. Don't get caught up in the specifics of it. You'll find all that information in your stateroom the night before. It'll all be explained to it's you It's a walkthrough process. There's absolutely nothing to worry about. And when you go to breakfast, you take your luggage with you. You don't go to breakfast and then come back to your room and get it because right. they've already started to exactly. turn the Once rooms. you leave your room, it's it's gone. You're done. You can't go back to it. Correct. Okay. Great. Well, thank you very much for... Uh, for your segment and for the entire series. Uh, it's been got, getting some great feedback from our listeners. I think a lot of people have gotten a, an awful lot of great information from uh, the whole Cruise Primer series. Good, uh, excellent job. It has been Thank very you. helpful. Thank you. I know Teresa's loved it. Teresa have, has just been back there like glued to every word these guys are saying with this. So, all right, folks, that'll do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next Wednesday with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes.